0: Welcome to the Creators Our Brands podcast. This is the show that discovers how storytellers are building brands online. I am your host, Tom Boyd. I am a content strategist for both brands and creators. I've worked with everything from billion dollar companies to multi platinum recording artists to some of your favorite creator economy platforms. In today's episode, our guest is Jared Bean, who is a creator, social media coach, and speaker who helps content creators and business owners transform their social media and build their audience with a side of goofiness. That's what it says on our website, and I totally appreciate that. She is- over 1.4 million on tiktok and almost 200k on instagram and in this convo we break down her way of thinking about reels versus tiktok how she thinks about using trends in a creative way what her production process is for producing short form videos why there are really no rules when it comes to short form content why she's created content themes for her tiktok how to create inside jokes with your audience on instagram stories what her business looks like and how she makes money how she structures her course content and coaching programs how she likes to work with brands for sponsorships and my favorite thing mindsets for pricing creative work i hope you enjoy this convo as much as i did and make sure to follow her, all of her social accounts as you listen to the conversation without blabbing your ear anymore. Let's get into the show. You ready? Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much. Happy I like to be the here.
0: headphones. I like the headphones.
1: Oh, uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. They're not my headphones of choice, but we're going to roll work. with them today. They work. That's what we
0: talked about. You know, the technical <laughs> difficulty is just part of the building a creator brand. Uh, uh, and, and it's, it's cool yes. that we're all on the same page. So I'm so excited to talk because uh, I, I think that whenever your content pops up like i feel like i feel entertained and i feel educated at the same time and it seems like you just Thank yeah you're you. one of the people that does a incredible job of like just being you like it like when i see the content like that's the number one thing i'm like she's doing this her way so i'm excited to talk about that and specifically in Short form video content. Heck yeah. Um,
1: That's such a such a compliment. I appreciate that. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I think that like there's a lot to learn there. And like there's some stuff that you know maybe we go it's more the mindset or you know, it might be more tactical. But the one thing off the bat, what is like let's talk the difference between short form video content on TikTok and Instagram and and how you think about approaching it, or is it the same thing in your mind?
1: No, it's not. I have a really great metaphor. When I came up with this metaphor, I was like, oh, Jared, that's a good one. So here's how I approach Reels versus Instagram in terms of just thinking about it in this metaphorical sense. If short form video content is an ocean, Reels is just at the surface level. Like it's Mm. right there. It's at the top. And you know, it's okay. The surface of the ocean's cool. There's some stuff going on in there. But to me, TikTok is the depths of the ocean. And I say this because short-form video content has so much complexity and so much nuance that I think we see truly come to life on TikTok. Because to me, the the current state of short-form video content was birthed on TikTok. We all know that Reels is a copycat of TikTok. And so to me, the the depths of that short-form video content ocean, the nuances, the complexity, how dynamic and um, collaborative this format is it resides on TikTok, and we're just seeing kind of that surface level come through on Reels. Now, don't get me wrong. I like reels. I'm really happy that reels exists on Instagram. I think it's such a great tool for visibility and therefore growth. I think also just short form video content existing allows us to pull out a side of our personalities on social media that maybe we weren't able to express in, in just a photo or a graphic in a caption. So I'm not poo pooing reels by any means, but, uh, just the depths of that short form video content ocean on TikTok to me is so it might. Be overwhelming for some, especially those who aren't on TikTok yet. But to me, I think it's so exciting, and I just really appreciate those depths that I see on TikTok. TikTok that you know, I'm not really sure will ever exist on Reels. Yeah. To be totally honest with you.
0: Okay, no, no, that, I love that analogy. Now, now here's another, here's the, here's Ooh, the follow-up question: When it <laughs> when it comes to okay. posting yourself from from your brand, do you? Um, do you in your mind say, okay, I make these over here for TikTok and I make these over here for Reels or some crossover and Mm. some don't and like, how do you decide?
1: I would say it is more of a separation However, there sometimes is crossover. And the biggest kind of easiest way, well, I have two ways of separating. One, I would say on TikTok, in terms of the content, the, the subject matter itself, I am focusing more on TikTok. I talk a lot about TikTok okay. on TikTok. I do content on trending content. I do content on I have a series called How Brands Are Using TikTok. I have a series called uh the magic of TikTok. I talk about um different effects, like anything from like silly kind of trending stuff to more analytical type of content. Versus on Instagram, I'm not really talking about TikTok too much. Uh, On Instagram, I have more of the overarching umbrella of social media in general. I would say I talk a lot about social media mindset, um, just showing up as a creator, as a business, as a brand. Of course, you know there's some tips and tricks and more uh, tangible strategies in there as well. So it's kind of more of that overarching umbrella of social media for Instagram and then more, more more TikTok specific on TikTok. So content wise, there's a two differentiations. Um, I would say in terms of the, how the content comes to life reels versus TikTok, it's undeniable that with reels trending content is what gets pushed out. And I say that like part of me is kind of like, you know, I like trends because they allow us, as I mentioned, to kind of show up in a different way. Most trends are funny Mm -hmm. or they have a humorous spin or it's tongue in cheek or they're dramatic. And perhaps we want to explore that side of ourselves on social media and show that to our communities. But like I said, we can't really have that come through with the photo and caption. So I, I like trends for that reason. However, um, because trends are so heavily pushed on reels. When I'm scrolling through my Reels tab and it's like you hear the same sound five, ten times in a row, yeah. it's like, well, what am I watching here? I want to, I want a sprinkling of trends, but I don't only want to be looking at trends. It just with that um, how I approach content, I would say I, I do lean a little bit heavier towards actually. Creating reels that are trends uh, versus TikTok, yeah, I definitely do some trending content, but I would say I lean heavier towards what I call original content, which Amazing. is not trending content. And
0: as far as production value goes, yeah. is it, you know, so the subject matter you broke down the subject matter as far as production um, value goes. Are you filming them any differently, like different camera, different lighting, different set, different audio, or, or is it same s- sort of filming style?
1: I would say, same filming style. Okay. I'm pretty casual with how I film. I, I'm just using my phone. I, I don't even use a mic. I should probably use it because sometimes I hear the audio <laughs> not so great on it. Um, but to me, I, I always say to my students you know, it's one thing to want to produce a certain type of content, but what do you also have time and energy for? Like you could be a really advanced video creator or a great editor or a photographer, whatever it is. But if you only have time and energy for something that is perhaps more basic, then that's, that's, what's good enough for yeah. now. Like we have to also take into account the other things that we're doing in our life. And so even though I would love to have a fancier setup and I, I actually have the tools to make that happen, I just do not have the time and energy to do so and so. So I'm working with what I've got time and energy wise. So production wise it's yeah. pretty much the Yeah. No, same.
0: I love that. And and so you know, selfishly, I am kind of bringing some of this up because I um I don't know if you've seen some of my content, but it, it's I, yeah. I film it with a, a you know, a fancier camera. I got the nice mic. I got the whole setup. Um yep. and yep. it it's worked for me. You know, up up until around 60,000 followers and like that's been like the primary okay. way of of me building. That does take a much longer to, to execute where it's like it's almost liberating to be able to have an idea go right to my phone have that up in 15 minutes that like because uh, these short form platforms are show, so like real time like what's happening like what, what's the hot take of what's going on now um, like that is an advantage to be able to go from idea to publish very quickly it's kind of liberating to go have an idea and go right to the smartphones but uh, so I'm curious as a professional yeah. like if you were to see my content right cuz like I feel like this is my something in my head like a mindset thing where I'm like okay mm-hmm. but people know me for the nicer camera and the nicer edits and that's what I've getting a lot of praise on too people be like dude I love your captions I love mm-hmm. the edits I love the style but I'll- And, like, now if I switch that up, like, is that going to, like, totally mess up the brand? I'm curious what you think as a professional from the outside looking in.
1: Yeah, well, I think that I always encourage experimentation. And I don't think that you should put yourself in one particular box. That also doesn't mean that you have to go from zero to 100 all of a sudden. Like, just because you want to experiment with more of the phone quick, you know, idea to posting in 15 minutes, that doesn't mean that you're changing everything. So I would just kind of dip your toe into it, see what it feels like for you, see what the response is, and make a decision from there. And once again, even with a decision made, maybe just one out of five videos, you're producing them a little bit quicker. Full it's on a full
0: See, I'm an all or nothing kind of guy.
1: But it, <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I get that too. I, I, I'm the same way. I like but that. just on that note as well, I think yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, it's just good to, it's, it's also related to that. It's also just, it's not only the audience response. I want to be clear for everyone listening, like just because something performs well, doesn't mean uh, something doesn't perform well, doesn't mean yeah. that you should stop creating that because what if you are creating these quick pieces of content and you're like whoa I feel so energized my creative spark is back and maybe at the moment it's not performing as well as my other content but if I kind of hold on to this spark this re-energizing re-ener- uh, kind of feeling that I have maybe later down the line in a couple of weeks a couple of yeah. months it could actually pay off so always not only basing what you're doing on the views the metrics the analytics totally. alone but also well and I
0: will feeling. tell you uh they are performing well though (laughs) like that's the thing yeah 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 yeah, they're performing well and i find i and i find too they seem to perform well like after the fact too like it'll be like a day or two later which like okay like I, i i'm like the conspiracy theorist in me uh is like tiktok like they probably um They probably go into your videos because they want to encourage people to create more because the more people that are creating, the more people are going to be watching and on their app. And more people can create when people work off their iphone or their smartphone and work quicker um quicker so yeah. i'm like maybe they're just prioritized like they like you know every, you know i don't know depending on what's happening on tiktok you know, they might not have you know much much trending content right now they go into someone's library and find the iphone videos and they boost them <laughs> i mean yeah. i
1: wouldn't put it past yeah, that I
0: but so back to your stuff thanks thanks for the uh the free yeah. consulting session there um Uh, so you are, it seems like you have a lot of projects going on. And I think that's something consistent with a lot of creators. And, and so it makes it hard for them to stay consistent with short form video. So as far as your like production process goes, are you just shooting from the hip? You have an idea and you send it, or is there like, at this time of the day I write three ideas and then at this time of the day I record I batch record it on Tuesdays I edit it on Thursday you know, like is what is your process or is it just kind of when you have the idea you press send
1: Yeah so I always struggle not because I don't have an answer I always struggle with this question because I feel like there's a pressure to create and have a system in place and I don't necessarily follow that. (laughs) And and so let me let me explain why I feel like that. I think that most people need structure. Most people need some sort of planning in place now that doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to sit down and plan out every single video or every two videos I'm making for the next 30 days and write scripts all in this one sitting. I think oftentimes people think of planning and batching as, oh my God, I have to just do this all for the next month or the next six months. And then they don't want to do it. It could just be as simple as like taking a baby step and saving an inspiration, like having an inspiration folder and saving ideas that come to you in your notes. or maybe you save videos that inspire you on TikTok. Like to me, that is a baby step in planning. You're at least thinking ahead and, and starting to collect ideas. Or maybe it's as simple as saying, all right, I'm setting a safe goal of posting three videos this week and a stretch goal of posting six videos this week. And then I'm feel good. Mm. If I land somewhere in that range, I think so often we say like, I must post five <laughs> videos a day and then you feel really crappy about yourself yeah. because you don't. So instead just kind of giving yourself more over range to me, that is a part of planning as well. Um, so that's just kind of my overall philosophy of planning. But when it comes to, to me in general, i have had a background in video for quite some time my mom is in the video world i've been editing on like final cut pro since i was like a child for all of my classes um i've always had editing kind of somehow pop up in various jobs over the last decade or so and so that combined with my social media experience like I can just, like, if you said right now, Jared, in the next five minutes, you need to get a video up on TikTok, I'd be like, okay, <laughs> let's go. Like, I'll get one up right now. I could just, like, come up with something yeah. like that. So the ideas plus how quickly production-wise I can just like churn something out um, and the fact that, you know, content creation plus social media is my full-time job, I have the time and space to just bang things out when I need to. And so going back to the very first thing of what I said, like, ooh, I always struggle to answer this question because I feel like the way that I operate with my content is not what I would recommend to most people. I don't recommend just banging things out and not necessarily planning that much in advance. However, that's how I operate because of my skills and because of kind of my work setup is, is more free flowing in that yep. way.
0: I, that's a really good answer. And, and I, can, I can kind of um, uh, compliment that by saying, uh, I, I'm, I've, I've been in a similar situation where I, I've been editing and working in video for over a, a decade. And so people will ask yeah. me specifics about, like, yo, why did you, like, make that edit? Like, like, what's your reasoning about that? I'm, like, like, I don't know, just sitting in, like, an editing program for over 10 years. Like, you just, like, it's more intuitive. Yeah. And it's, like, hard to actually, sure. like, put it into words about, like, what's working and what's not. It's just, like it's like, it's a part of your communication Second style. Nature. It's, like as a communicator with verbally, like you innotate certain words. Like, I don't know why I say it that way. It's like maybe from a thousand conversations with certain people, like I've learned to, to, to communicate this way. Um, But, and so that, that, that kind of goes to the, what you said, like, I wouldn't give that advice you know, my style isn't something where I'd say, like, if you're just starting, do it this way. That's why, like, so you give out yeah. a lot of, like, you know, tips for short-form video, TikTok stuff. And, uh, you know, a lot of some people have, like, a feeling towards, oh, you shouldn't follow just the tips. But I think at the beginning, the, the, I think they're important mm. to follow or the, they can be very helpful because they're almost like training wheels. Like, they give you an area, like a playground to play yeah. in, right? Then you learn yes. your own voice, your own style, and how you want to... Uh, how you want to communicate, right? And then you can go get creative, and that's sort of like what you're absolutely. saying now. Like, I like did all the stuff at the beginning. Now I just it's easier for me to shoot from the hip. Can you can you uh, build on that? Yes,
1: yeah, absolutely. I think that's such a, such a great way to think about it as as training wheels. Because at the end of the day, on TikTok, short form video content in general, but but specifically TikTok, if we're comparing TikTok to Reels, there really are no rules. And so people will say, you know, make a video that's 15 seconds. Well, yeah, maybe that works for some people, but there are many creators who are making one minute long videos or more who with millions of followers who are incredibly successful. And so I think those training wheels as guidelines when you're beginning, whether it's okay, you know, you really should think about the length, because retention and rewatch rate is important. That does potentially affect how your video performs in the algorithm. Or yeah. Your hook—the first three to five seconds of your video—you do want to stop the scroll. Or text on screen, in addition to talking, is a good way to capture someone who's, uh, you know, listening with their sound off or, um, you know, whatever. Just all these these little things that I think the majority of the time do help. But I think there's always an example to counteract that. And I think the length is a great example of that. I mean, Elise Myers, who's, you know, incredibly captivating, making minute long or so more videos with one single take to the camera when everyone else is saying, make a video that's seven seconds long with all these cuts and pattern interrupts to distract you. And, and, and so both yeah. work, both work, but you have to start somewhere. And I would say, don't be afraid to start with those training wheels, but don't be afraid to also go against the grain of, of what's being recommended. Because that can absolutely have success. Have you seen
0: the guy, uh, Josh Terry? Josh Terry plays. He's the he's the guy that reads off of his computer, and then for the and then he yes like his style is like is, like, the opposite of what anyone would ever teach. And he's always someone that I point to, where I'm, like, uh-huh. he's built his brand entirely. No music. The, doesn't look at the camera until, like, the the, the very last sentence uh-huh. in the thing. Like, that's the opposite of what anyone would say. <laughs> and, and, like, he's figured out, to build, fi- figured out. And, like, I always look at it. I'm, like, why is this working? Why is this work? And I always, I mean, it's the substance mm. of the content. And I think he's built up a brand similar to you, where it's, like, your hooks and his hooks, like, don't even really matter anymore because you've built up such a brand that when people see your, your, fi- your face, they're like, I trust, I trust them. there. I trust that I'm going to get value from this. Right. So that's another, like another, like at the beginning, like think about, like, you know, it's, it's super important to think about those hooks. And I'm sure i and I'd love to go into that, how, how you actually do think about the hooks now, but there is something about building up a brand to a point where it's like all the rules go out once your audience trusts you.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's such a great point. And just uh, a great kind of reminder that there is space for you, whatever that subject matter is, whatever your style is, and to not necessarily get down on yourself when you, you think, oh, short form video content, TikTok, videos it has to be this way or the highway it's it's really the opposite and that allows you as you said to build that personal brand so that when you get to such a point that things like you know the hooks and the lengths it doesn't necessarily matter as much or perhaps at all
0: this is something i always encourage is yeah experimenting like pick 10 videos and just experiment and like i right now i'm making 10 videos where my whole thing is i'm not thinking about the hooks (laughs) because like i feel like i've overthought the hooks so much where it's like I feel like they're like sounding too contrived, uh-huh. too like Instagram, too like, you know what it was? It was like the Facebook, you know those Facebook ads that always used to come up? Like, I was like, I feel like my hooks are, I'm, it looks like I'm trying to sell someone, sell something to someone. And no one on TikTok likes to be sold to. <laughs> um, so my right, my, the way mm. I'm experimenting right now is, is just not even thinking about the hooks. <laughs> and, and and then seeing what happens. Seeing what I happens. I love that. But i still thinking about yeah. the hooks in like a real a weird meta way. So what does one say how do you think do you how do you think about them right now? Is there like if someone says like, you know, what what do I gotta include in those oh. first couple seconds? What what's what would you say?
1: Okay, so if I'm just thinking about it in a blanketed way, it's how is this video, is this piece of content going to benefit someone else? That's what I always teach my students, whether we're talking about an Instagram post Mm -hmm. and that first line of a caption or the first sentence, the first three to five seconds of a reel or a TikTok. Um, you, you want to think about how the video as a whole is going to benefit someone. Are you teaching them something? Is there something actionable? Can they feel differently when they leave? Are they? It doesn't have to be something groundbreaking either. It could just put a, put a smile on their face, make them laugh, uh, make them feel less alone, give them an actual piece of information that's going to help them with their business or their mindset or their exercise, whatever. So that's the overarching... Or sort of umbrella around the video yeah. and can that be communicated in the first sentence. So for example, there's a, a um a piece of a, talk, a TikTok, a piece of content that I show in some of my presentations where I'm focusing specifically on the hooks and the first sentence of this video that I use as a not so great example is hey, everyone, how's it going? I'm going to show you this this at-home shoulder workout.
0: And <laughs> yeah.
1: so not great. You know, oh, we, once again, there's always an exception to the rule. So I don't want to say you can never say, hi, how's it going, everyone? However, if we... <laughs>
0: Unless you're like a comedian. <laughs>
1: And right, that's right, like Exactly. part of the skit. <laughs> You typically
0: don't want that for your TikTok video.
1: And so instead thinking, okay, so what is this video is about? about? Yeah. It's about an at-home shoulder workout. So maybe you are just stating something very simple. This is an at-home shoulder workout. Okay, not maybe the shiniest hook, but at least you're giving it a news headline, that type of thing. Um, or are you thinking yeah. about the ideal person who you're wanting to connect with on the receiving end? Why do they need this? Maybe they hate going to the gym. So it's something like... Do you hate going to the gym? I have the perfect at-home shul- shoulder workout for you. Um, or maybe they aren't feeling super confident about their shoulders, so you're you're saying if you're looking to def- define and carve your shoulders out, I don't know. I'm not a fitness person anymore, so I forget all the terminology.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm um, liking this. I'm liking this. You know? So yeah. Really no, I, I get what you're saying. How can you
1: encapsulate what the video is about in a sentence? Because saying "Hi, how's it going?" isn't going to get you anywhere. Versus saying "Hate going to the gym. I have a shoulder workout for you." are two totally different three seconds. Of of, of your
0: video yeah you know you make a good point I, I think a lot of people that have success on YouTube they come to TikTok and like they kind mm. of do intros the way that they would do on YouTube but there but intro there's no intro on TikTok you get like like you almost have to start the information yes. with the hook like it's like you're like in the action you're like in the conversation already on TikTok and you did a great job of like uh, the one about um uh d- are you looking for, uh, it was something a like home yeah. workouts for your shoulder where it's like someone that'd be interested in, you know, anyone that's probably interested in fitness, right. Could be interested in that more specifically people that want right. to save money and not go to the gym. And then even more specifically, you know, people that want to have more defined shoulders, like, and like someone can immediately say, this is for me mm-hmm. or this isn't for me. I like that. I like that. So it's like the, the, what someone's going to get out of it and, and who it's for, I, and, and an, an analogy someone told me once about it was it's almost like the first three seconds is what a YouTube thumbnail Ooh, does. Yeah. like yeah. Like, you kind of package that information because you look at a YouTube thumbnail and you say, oh, is this for yeah. me or is this not? And, like, it's just different on... It's just a different way of consuming that information. Yeah,
1: I like that a lot. And that's a good kind of... We think about the verbal hook as we were just discussing, but also the text hook as well, which might be the same as what you're saying. But the text tool, you want to also include some sort of a headline there, whether it's what you're saying or whether it's just a quicker summary of what you're saying, um, in that kind of YouTube Ooh. thumbnail type of vein as well.
0: Do do you use the text tool? Oh, I love it. In, is that is that a critical part of that that first three seconds? I don't think because so. here's the thing, I sometimes I get overwhelmed thinking about like what to put there (laughs) and I'm like I don't want to like I don't want to say the wrong thing here that's going to make people not watch my video yeah Um, so how do you think about the text I
1: I think about it as my kind of visual hook so you're thinking about your verbal hook and then the visual hook as well I think for me in particular it's pretty easy because I kind of categorize my content like I have my tutorial so if it's a tutorial I have tutorial super big in blue and then what it is or if it's how brands are using TikTok that's super big in yellow and it's below so because I kind of have those I wouldn't call them pillars but more so themes to my content i kind of visually assign those different colors and text to it as well um but i will say that tiktok likes to suggest things that they think are good to use and it doesn't happen on every single video but anytime you get to the editing screen sometimes they will auto populate that kind of like say what your video is about here, which you can easily X out of. But they're kind of prompting you like put something on the screen to visually summarize what this is, or or to title it rather.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 I, l- I like where this is going. Hopefully,
1: um, I'm not overwhelming yeah. you with with having no, to do no, this no, now. No, you're not. You're, you're
0: not. You're not. Because because again, like I ch- I see it as like an experiment. Like mm. I I, mm-hmm. I I genuinely see TikTok as an experiment and. I like to throw stuff up up there, like, um, and even today I was posting a, cl- a clip. I was like, "Do I put a headline here?" I was like, "Nah, I'll let them find out who it's for." Yeah, <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and like just having just having fun with it. Um, I, ha- I had different. a question. Oh yeah, so, so uh, what what was he, what were we just saying? Ooh, um,
1: headlines, um, text tool.
0: Headlines, text tool. Oh yo, because I love I love your approach to this. You tell me about your thinking on the the multiple kind of themes that you have. And I I like it because then it kind of takes it almost like gives you this creative constraint where you know how to filter your ideas through something. So you said you have one on like how brands are using TikTok now like you don't have to do all the heavy lifting of like figuring out like what the content looks and feels like you've already built the structure. So tell me about like yeah how the themes play into your overall content on TikTok.
1: Yeah. And so I do have these themes and I'll talk about them. And I will say that I've figured these out specifically for TikTok, just because I've continued to show up and try out different content and try out different things. And some things will last. Like I've been doing tutorials since I joined TikTok. I feel like I'm, I don't want to like toot my own horn, but I feel like I'm one of the OG like trend tutorial you definitely TikToker. Are. You like definitely I paved are. the you, way. Every,
0: every, <laughs> listen, I'll say I'll, I'll, I'll brag for you. There's a lot Thanks, of Tom. a lot of copiers out there. There's a lot there's a lot of people that like that, that, that were like, um, and you are someone too that I admire because you've actually built in this space. You know, you're not just someone that like got popular because you're you're, you're like, no, I, I've been building stuff in as a marketer and I'm sharing my experience of like what is working. A lot of people like yeah. then see someone like you and they're like, oh, you can get famous that way, you can blow up that way, mm. but they've never actually marketed anything aside from the fact that they're selling the their, their market you know right like right um, right but you've right. done a good job of like listen like this has worked for the other things that i've built this is why you should be using it so yes you are an og sure. and and we will make that very clear <sighs> <laughs> on this podcast uh,
1: which you know like and i know like we all can learn from each other so no, not saying anything no, you know against i said anyone it. else <laughs> tutorials we can all share
0: So let's go back to the themes, the the themes. Yeah. So 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 early on, early on, you started experimenting with the tutorials and that became one of the themes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of joined TikTok, was posting just like random things at first. And this was also very much part of a a pivotal time of my life where I was stepping more into this world of social media coaching and education. So my beginnings of TikTok was very much, pretty much aligned with my beginnings into my social media Got coaching it. journey, which is why after a month of being on TikTok, I'm like, why am I posting random things when I could be posting about social uh, media? And so I just kind of randomly started, you know, different photo tips and po- I did a lot of posing tips and tricks uh, back and then. I do a lot less of that now. And then I think the very first TikTok tutorial I did, which was like the laugh pause challenge, which is still Mm -hmm. such a great trend. And it like blew up and and I couldn't believe it. It was so simple, but people didn't know how to do it. So I'm like, wow, there's really a need here to learn how to do these TikTok trending tutorials. So I've been doing that for two years or more now. Um, But with that, I I try other things. So I have my TikTok tutorials. That's probably like one of the, that's the backbone of my account. Um, I have these smaller offshoots, how brands are using TikTok, the magic of TikTok, where I kind of analyze different cool things different collaborative things that are happening on TikTok. I would say a theme that I'm leaning um a lot more into now these days, which is something that I do a lot on Instagram is more around social media mindset, just showing so up as important. a creator and dealing, you know, so important that we all every single person who's posting on TikTok is is dealing with it. I will say some uh an interesting kind of aside is kind of going through this idea of vanity metrics and views and and the numbers, that whole thing. And my tutorials for the most part hands down are what get the highest views and my more mindset type of content or even how brands are using TikTok, those more analytical types of pieces. If to the average person, they would look at my account and say, wow, those flop, like (laughs) those aren't doing so great. However, I really like Mixing those in because yeah, maybe the tutorials are getting me the highest reach and the most amount of views and therefore You know bringing the most amount of followers in out of all my content I noticed that with my more mindset content. I get the most interaction. I get the most comments I get the most wow I really needed to hear this today. This was impactful for me and then I think the other type of more analytical content um, kind of solidifies my authority within the TikTok space in terms of teaching TikTok and understanding TikTok. And I specifically got hired for this kind of, uh, we'll call it content creation, but sort of this cool content creation job where I'm creating content about TikTok specifically because they found one of my videos in the how brands are using TikTok. Now, those are getting a tiny, tiny fraction of the views that some of my other content is getting. But I think it goes to this point of n- the success of your content isn't the, based the right just views. in the views alone. So the, I just wanted right to throw views. that out there. The right yeah. views. The right views, yeah. yeah
0: that's a that's an incredible point. I, I've been doing this series um, that that I've been breaking down how brands should be working with influencers. Oh, nice. uh, and, yeah. and, and it would be like a very specific idea. Like it's like so niche. It'll be like, this is how Abercrombie should work with college basketball. And like, it's like so niche. Like why would anyone make that content? And I'll tell you why, like what I've seen is those market my way of thinking and yes. your way of thinking yeah. attracts the right clients, collaborators. And I'm not, you know, I, they're not built for the for you page, but like I posted one or two of them and like within like an hour. Like two brands, one a billion dollar one, hit me up. Was like, "Yo, we gotta work," <laughs> and I was just like, "All right, all right." Like that's all. That's the that's the that signal. Awesome. That's the signal that I need. Uh, but it's like definitely not built. It's just like what you said, where it's definitely not built for the for you page. So maybe in my strategy. I need to like, make, that's one of my pillars. But then I have like, I find my, like your tutorials. I find like what my tutorials one is and kind of have that as like, you know, two or three posts a week and then do the stuff that is more for uh, like a very specific audience.
1: Yeah. And this kind of goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning with reels versus TikTok and trending yeah. content versus original, con- uh, original content. This idea, I love what you said around marketing your ideas. I don't really think ideas, your unique point of view, your, values how your take on things can be marketed through a trend so it's kind of it's at, once again it's not saying that you have to do one or the other it's seeing that there's value and, in both and that with real specifically i think the the weak point is that most people are relying on trends because that's what's getting pushed and then therefore you're not really marketing your ideas yeah. as you said so and,
0: and and i there. will tell you like when you break down trends and like tips like I always watch your videos because it's like it's like the clearest way for me well so for me it's like Thanks. like you know there's some people that are good at doing it but can't teach yeah. it but you have a natural ability to teach and like break down like each step in the process so someone can be like oh <laughs> if I want to do that I know how to do that now <laughs> and it, so so I want to yeah. I want to uh, just make that make that clear like, you do an incredible job at that um, now, when you're making videos, because we're, we're kind of just going into the weeds here, but whatever, let's do it. Um, yeah, is there let's anything do it. that you do, like any little things that like people might not realize that like you're doing to to uh, that like helps capture people's attention, helps stop the scroll a little bit? Any subtle Ooh, things? Like for me, I'll give you an example. So- like, like I started yeah. wearing this red sweatshirt and people started talking about it. And like, I was like, yo, I wonder if there's like a psychological thing where it's like, it looks like a stop, like stop signs are red. You got to stop. <laughs> like,
1: like, yeah. like,
0: um, Ooh. I don't like always wear it, but like, I noticed like people started commenting on it and I was like, is this becoming part of my brand? I, I don't know. So I just kind of kept wearing it.
1: Yeah. Well, I like that. I think, you know, there are some people who visually speaking brand themselves. Of course, I'm going to forget her name, but there's a woman who does all of the personal safety tips and every single video, she's wearing that blue dress with curls around her neck. And that's like her. So, you know, yeah. And I think that's a little bit of you're locking yourself yeah. in a box a little bit to, oh, like, you know. But if that's your thing, go for it. But like, I, I, oh my goodness, I would be really, yeah. I would be stressed well, no, out if right. I had to Yeah, I don't.
0: I'm like, thing. I got like, I'm like, uh, so, so, like people, like people start commenting like, when I see the red sweatshirt, I know it's gonna be a banger. I'm like, no, like it, it's not about the red sweatshirt, y'all. Like, I gotta start switching up. But
1: I I think think you can kind of like milk that a little bit where you don't always have to wear it, but then it becomes kind of an inside joke with your community, which, yeah, yeah. And inside jokes to me are something I actually teach about inside jokes on Instagram stories, but I haven't really seen that fully come to life in TikTok yet. I'm I'm sure it exists a little bit, but just thinking of how inside jokes uh, come to life on stories, I feel like maybe that's something you could explore with your red sweatshirt. Well, let's yes. go there.
0: We start to yeah. go there. Yeah, let's go there. Talk, tell me about your yeah. jokes on, on Instagram stories.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, Instagram stories, as we all know, is this really casual way to show up. It's what we, it's the content that isn't necessarily going on our feed. It's the in-between moments. It's the real life. It's the behind the scenes. It's to me really where our personalities and what I like to call our secret sauce comes to life. And I think that's, you know, kind of the beauty of TikTok a little bit is that we're able to pull the curtain, you know, back and and be our more authentic selves compared to what we've been used to on Instagram, but that's a different thing. So with stories, Uh um, It's this quick kind of connection to DMs because of the little uh, oval at the bottom. It's um, a much more intimate connection with your community than just a post. So all of this is to say that when you show up in an authentic way and just kind of show the in-between moments, show the mundane, show the little things, you can start to notice what people react to and potentially start to make that a more common theme. So, I'll give you two, perhaps two examples. I have a lot of examples, but the two most common yeah. ones right around New Year's, uh, right around the, like, around when it became 2022, I don't really like new year's resolutions. I just don't really make them. And so I went around that time. I went on my stories and I chopped up some cheese and some Ritz crackers. And I said, my new year's resolution is to eat more cheese and crackers in 2022. Mm -hmm. And so then like the next few days, like every day or every other day, I would just do a little time-lapse or just a quick story or two about me eating cheese and crackers and people like. I got so much response to it. People really liked it. They thought it was funny. Mm. They related to it because they like cheese and crackers. And so even not being an inside joke, this is a great testament to just showing those little in-between moments on stories because that's what people connect to. You don't have to be doing interesting things in order to be interesting. And usually it's the less fantastical moments. It's, It's the daily things that make us... Interesting, And we might not think they're interesting because we're, we're in ourselves all the time and we're doing the same things, but other people find it interesting. So just kind of a push to share that. But I started getting DMs, um, people going out and buying cheese and crackers, posting on their stories, Jarrah's eating cheese and crackers, you. like... I'm eating cheese and crackers. And to this day, it's now been a couple months. People send me cheese and crackers, memes or cheese memes, or people will like, you know, show me a, a shot of their grocery cart and they have cheese and crackers in there. And so it's like, yeah. I I even actually saw a girl, someone sent me. So we'll say, uh, Sarah sent me someone else's story. We'll call her Jane. Sarah sent me Jane's story and said is Jane talking about you? And she hadn't tagged me. And so sure enough, I go to Jane's story, who I who I don't follow, but I see follows me. And she's like, there's this girl I follow, and she's talking about cheese and crackers all the time. And so someone who follows me also follows her, saw, you know, made the connection. So this is yeah. what I mean by inside jokes. It's, it's, it's not just content that you are posting for other people to view. It starts off that way. Other people are viewing the content, but then it gets such a reaction and becomes a two-way street between you and your community, usually having some sort of humorous edge to it, um, and they remember you when they see the cheese and crackers yeah. or you know when they see a meme, and so you're kind of staying top of mind, and it becomes this, this thing where everyone's in on it together, and, and they feel included in on the joke.
0: I love that. It's like a place to share your quirks.
1: Yes. And, yes. And
0: it's, uh, and and it's it's one of those things too where it's like it's probably hard to manufacture, but like, like what people are going to respond to. So it's another thing. Yeah. Just like, experiment. Like just just you know, if if there's something, f- like like a weird thing you do with your deodorant. Like, I don't know, take a picture and send it. See what happens. You know, you, every time yeah. you know, I, I have deodorant, I don't know why I have deodorant on my desk, but this deodorant
1: right there. And it's there. funny you say that because once I actually opened up a deodorant stick and thought it was sunscreen and put it on my face. So there like, you go. There you go. There's exactly. your deodorant exactly. moment. I like and fun,
0: put that on of, stories. Yeah, a lot of funny things you could do with deodorant. But uh, yeah, I think that's, yeah. a, that's like yeah. the place for the quirks. And there's an, it's also a place Absolutely. to test ideas, I, I find where i'll just say random things that are just like top of mind and to my instagram stories and then you can gauge like the dms like oh there's a response here there's something i need to build this idea out and make it an actual video it's a great place to just like kind of like brainstorm see what the the market is responding to and then and then spend more time working on that idea Absolutely. Uh, I, I cut you off and changed the subject when I said what are some little things that you do in your videos oh, no that you might not – uh, that, oh, yeah. that some people might not realize like Gosh. on the surface. So like on the surface, it's like the hook, the lighting, like all of the stuff. But is there anything where you think it's like, yeah, I do that. I think that's something that I do that, that I think probably helps the engagement in my content.
1: You know, I know exactly what what you mean by that. I don't think I do yeah. anything. The only thing that I can think of is that it's a little bit not totally related to your question, but it's more of just like what goes on behind the scenes. And so I'm not necessarily doing anything in the video or you know placing something <laughs> yeah. weird behind me for people to yeah. comment on, which is like a whole other major <laughs> tactic. Um But I think people, especially for anyone who who speaks to camera, um, it's easy for someone who's not good or or feels that they're not good at speaking to camera to watch that and think, wow, they just do it so effortlessly. And so I always think, and I have posted about this before, I've been transparent about this. Like anytime I'm doing talking to camera and maybe I'm pattern interrupting and I have multiple takes, like sometimes I'll have to say that sentence three times, five times, or I'll have to like redo a take or pause for 30 seconds in between my thoughts if I haven't scripted it out in advance. And so just kind of that it's not... Always, it doesn't. A sentence or a thirty-second video doesn't just come out of me in thirty seconds. Sometimes it can take three, five, ten minutes to record, depending on how much work I've done in in advance. That's
0: good to know. That's really good to know. Is there anything you do? Um, uh, because I, I'm, I'm the same way where I've, I've sat down here and like my yeah. wife will hear me upstairs. She's like, you just said that same phrase 300 <laughs> times. They're like, <laughs> cause like, cause like I hear it and I'm like, Oh, I got to do it again. And then like, uh, when I was recording on my nice camera, yep. like there'd be times where I'd record it and then I'd be like, Oh, the audio wasn't hooked up. And then I'd have to do it again. But I find I, yeah. it's, it's actually a good practice. Like when I went and do it again, I get it in one take. Um, like the, so like I'm kind of training my brain to say it. Uh, so that is good to know because you know a lot of people are like Tom, you're so natural on camera. Like yeah, it's 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 hard to look natural on camera. <laughs> like like it's a lot of hard work to look, actually look natural. Do you do anything like before you snap, uh, or is it just kind of natural now that you're kind of primed to get in like a like a like a state of mind that is a little more upbeat and a little more enthusiastic? Or is there anything like do you dance to like a song? I know you like the you like you know you know put out some of the goofy content out there. Is there anything you do to just like Kind of get in like a lighter mood. Yeah. Or is it yeah. just you're able to just pop it right on?
1: No. I mean, I I am so good at just snapping it on, like especially because I've had so much practice prior to TikTok, prior to short form video content really existing just from, let's say, 2015, 2020 being in the general influencer world, which is how I originally started as a fitness influencer. I, you know, have to, uh, for so, I don't do it anymore, but for so long I've shown up seven days a week on stories and so much sponsored content where I'm buried under stuff, but I still have to, you know, look peppy on camera and, and be upbeat even if I'm, I'm super tired. And I also will attribute my soul cycle days, my spin instructor days to being able to just be I don't want to say I'm an actress in that. Oh, I'm being inauthentic. I'm not showing how I feel. But sometimes you just have to get shit done, even when you're tired. Yep. And so I'm able to flip that script or flip that switch yeah. pretty
0: quickly. Yeah, that's a good point. I I, I talk about how, because um, I I've come from that world where I, I worked in like you know kind of shooting commercials or like uh, um, more like uh, mm. yeah, just produce shoots where like I've been on camera, I've been behind the camera, and there's something about like, when you're on camera, you just turn it on. Like, you know, like you're part of something, that like you you gotta turn it yeah. on and make it happen. And like, that's the way I think, after you do content and uh-huh. you put in the reps, and I think stories is a great pl- place to do the reps. And then once, like now, I don't have to think about it, but I, w- like, I would say at the beginning, like, I might like put on a song, like get like get my blood flow, and like walk around a little bit, just to like feel a little looser, right? Um, <laughs> just so I, and like take a couple deep breaths, and then get into it. Yeah. Uh, but now it's just it's like second nature, uh, just to kind of like get in, get into this quote unquote not yeah. not character, but get into the mode of of being someone that is uh, uh, hopefully able to connect with people on camera. Uh, now you ta- you talked about working with brands, and I'm curious yeah. so. Working with brand, you have, you're working with, are you still like, I want to understand sort of the business as a whole you don't have to go into like details but like what is your main Mm. business right now let's break down like you know what what your actual business looks like
1: yeah so I would in a general sense split it into three categories what has been around for the longest is my content creation branded partnerships influencing whatever you want to call it I've been doing that since well I started my Instagram account 2015 but the brand stuff started coming in around 2016 and that's still you know very much part of my business Um, I I will say it has very much shifted in the last year, year and a half or so as I've pivoted more from this. Well, first started off as fitness influencer, then lifestyle, and now I don't consider myself either of those things. I'm much more, you know, a social media educator, coach, speaker. Um so that has pivoted with me, but it's still very much okay. with me. So that is a, a decent chunk of my business posting on TikTok, posting on Instagram, or just creating content okay. for brands to use on their page or for ads. That's one. Number two, hmm. which is the next, we'll kind of go in, in chronological order here, is my course, The Social Media Saloon. That is a 12-week transformative course, uh, we focus on Instagram and it's for business owners, content creators who are wanting to learn how to use social media as a powerful and positive tool to build their personal brands, to support their business and just to support their, their overall goals. Cause you, you, yep. know, you need social media for the most part in terms of what you're working towards, whatever that is. So that's number two. That's uh, just a little over, it's a, a little over two years now. I'm in my sixth cohort. And then the most recent, which I would say has developed over the last, let's say, year and a half, but very, very much so within the last year, specifically, it's kind of ramped up, is this role of educating, I guess I would say, um, less so consulting and more so educating. So brands like Estee Lauder, Mac, Adobe, who have these incredible pools of creators for the brand like they call them creators another word might be ambassadors but they're really you know with the brand they're part of the brand in that sense and you know estee lauder for example has hundreds of creators across the globe and so with them specifically i've been hired to come in and do 90 minute sessions overall over a span of a couple months i just got finished doing five separate 90 minute long sessions for their global creators where I come in and teach TikTok. Now of course I could teach Instagram as well, but usually people are looking a little bit more for TikTok these days with the the clients I've had. So, uh, partnerships, social media saloon, coaching, and then educating for brands nice, and, and their creators. Nice. Are I the
0: love it. it. It's like coming. It's, it's it's like, it like the it's like the prototype of a creator brand I love it. So, it, the, the, and that's usually how it works it's like the brand deals you know you start to yeah, um, yeah. Th- that gets you going on the offense gets you you know being able to focus on building your audience even more and and like you know reinvesting that money back in and then you built the product social media saloon and something i admire about it it doesn't feel like like when i look at it like it, it, you've kind of approached it by creating it as like a separate brand. It, like, it looks like a brand that's kind of stands alone. And I like that. It doesn't feel like a, a typical like online course. It looks like more right. of like an experience. Uh, was that part of your strategy when you were kind of, you were building the product?
1: I wish I could say yes. <laughs> like, yes, that was my vision from the start. Um, well, thank you very much. I appreciate what you said about that. And I would say that it, it's evolved into okay. that. Um, I have just learned so much as I have gotten like one of the, one of the, the concepts or Sort of mantras I teach my students is this concept of messy action. And so that you don't have to have everything figured out. Uh, you don't have to be a great TikToker creator or video maker in order to show up on social media. You don't have to necessarily have your brand and your logo in order to have a course or a business. Um, this idea of messy action, I think I very much embraced with the social media saloon. So when it started two years ago in February 2020, um, definitely was, I, I don't want to say it was just a course but it it, that's what it was it was a course it was a program and I think over the last two years because I have enjoyed doing it so much because uh it's been so fulfilling for both me and my students I've really just taken it and and run with it and it's kind of progressed more into I guess a brand as
0: yeah okay so and how do you approach it so is it um you said it's 12 weeks 12 weeks?
1: Yes, it's 12 weeks and long. So what is the yeah, structure? Is, yeah. it,
0: what is, the, is there like a live component and like a self-paced um, you yes. know, going through actual content component of it?
1: Yeah, so the way that it's structured now, I like to say there's three pillars in the educational process. So... We have the online training portal, which is hosted on Kajabi. That's where the nuts and the bolts are happening. That's where you're doing the heavy duty learning, whether it's messaging or branding or reels or Insta stories, et cetera. And everyone's moving through the course at the same time. So we'll work on branding part one, branding part two the next week. So everyone's progressing at the same rate. Now you're watching the videos on the online training portal in Kajabi, but then there's the second component, which is the Facebook group and the Facebook group is where you're getting support throughout the 12 weeks. That's where you are turning in your homework and getting really in-depth feedback. And then the summation of the week is our 90 minute call. Now, at this point, you've learned in the module and you've started to implement via your homework. So by the time we get to the call, I'm not you know, on the call like explaining how to do X, Y, Z. We're really taking the knowledge and implementation that you put in action and deepening that knowledge and going further with the implementation by talking about what you've done and what's working, what's not. So that's how those three okay. things really work uh, symbiotically throughout the 12 weeks.
0: Got it. Got it. Uh, awesome. And then – for the social media saloon, um, are, are you doing that all on – this sounds like a, on top of everything. Are you doing everything yourself? Or you got like a spy? you <laughs> got like a manager? Like what's going on? Like how are you doing all this? <laughs> Dang
1: it. Don't reveal what's <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, no, so this is something that I am a, a, a bit of a pain point, and I'm always transparent about things that, that are working and, and what's not. For the most part, I'm a one-woman show. So I do have a little support, uh, and not a little, I want to give more credit than that. I have a lot of great support in the saloon specifically. I have two co-coaches who are there to help give feedback to the students. They're on the calls. We have something called breakout rooms and zoom. So we'll do little exercise rooms and they'll lead. So I, they help me with the saloon in that, um, in that sense. But in terms of, you know, do I have a team otherwise and what, what's else, what else is happening behind the scenes? Uh, not really. It this pretty much just me, and I have reached a point where I'm like, "Hmm, this is no longer sustainable. <laughs> I really need to yeah. get more help." And so that's something okay. I'm actively working on right now because I think there's that term, you know, working in the business versus working on the business. And I think I've gotten to a point where I'm really working in the business, and I need to get back to working on the business and, and taking more of that CEO creative approach, which is where I, I and then and on. then
0: for the the brand deals. Are you, um, how are you typically working with brands? Are these like one-off, one-off brand deals or do you have like recurring relationships with like a handful of brands that you just, um, that, that like you find like the most chemistry with?
1: It's been a mixed bag over the last few years. So I've had some really awesome long-term partnerships. Back in my fitness days, I was an Adidas ambassador for three years. That was probably one of my most epic partnerships. I look back on it with so much like fondness. Um, And I've had different partnerships that have been, you know, six months, three months, uh, some that are just one off. Right now I have um, one longer term partnership, but I would say recently, you know, it's been more, kind of of the, of the one-off or maybe kind of a bundle of like three posts, which I wouldn't necessarily consider long-term. So it's always a bit of a, of a push and a pull. And to be totally honest, I feel really grateful that I've not fully pivoted, but pivoted a bit to add these other things to my business. One, from a personal fulfillment sense, I really enjoy being a social media coach and educator. And, um, I see like a long-term vision with that, but just from like a you know looking at it from what's bringing in in money um, with partnerships you can't necessarily depend on that as much as perhaps your course or your coaching or, or consulting and so from that sense I've been really thankful that I've added these other streams of reven- revenue to my business because you never know I have some months where I'm like whoa <laughs> partnership stuff is great and then others where I'm like okay like little bit less yeah
0: and you can be you know once you have your own product then you you can be pickier about who you partner with and you don't have to just take like okay the money's good but i don't really like that brand you think you can think more about that if you have money coming in from from the product itself Uh, i'm curious about a pricing mindset if there's like a so say well well, i have a couple questions If, if we can kind of go in like you know you don't have to share specifics but i'm curious um at your uh what well before the pricing at your level so you're like over a million on tiktok and and how much on instagram
1: yes um one yeah so so you have
0: a a substantial following and i'm curious at, at your level um are brands when they're working with you are they looking for more brand awareness or or are they looking for like what are the conversions you drove on that on 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 that like one video? I'm curious, like at that level, like you know uh, how brands are, are working for you and like how they deem it a win.
1: Mm, yeah. So first thing, such a good question. I have management. I'm so fortunate to have. Okay. Such. I've been with them for uh, gosh, maybe three the coming brand up deals. on four years now, and so. Yeah. For the brand deals. Yes. And I, neon rose agency, I freaking love them. And I know so many people who have management who they're not happy with so that I'm like, I feel even more special to have just the the best, um, managers. And so they fortunately handle so much of the, the nitty gritty aspect of it. So I don't necessarily have to, um, be in the trenches thinking like, how is this a win for the brand or, you know, looking at the analytics and talking to them about it. Like they, my management is, is the middleman. So I'm really, just worrying about the creative. However, specifically with your question, this has been an ongoing, or not ongoing, it's just been a conversation that's come up a few times because I think there are some content creators out there who th- they they are converters. Like people will just buy what they say. And I think it's because of how they've crafted their brand. Like maybe it's a mommy blogger who recommends products a lot and has built trust with their audience or it's a style like there's a style influencer I follow anything she wears (laughs) I'm not going and buying it but I think to myself oh my god anything she puts on like if I just had endless money I would go buy it because she just looks so amazing and I just love how she presents her content so I think there are creators out there who are more converters with products than others and I personally don't think I'm in that realm of being a converter and I don't think there's anything Wrong with that. I don't say that like, oh man, I'm not converting product. Because I think the other play is the awareness play. And I think that's where I fall more into. That's more of my bucket uh, when it comes to working with brands that I'm pretty sure my um, management makes them aware of. And I think so, some positive feedback that I've heard is that when brands partner with me, they're really interested in who I am, my creative take, what I'm going to do with the piece of content, and less of like, is this going to get me X, Y, Z? sales i understand that that is the goal so i'm not saying like that you know that shouldn't come into play at all but brands should pick who they're working with and understand are they more of the converter or is it more of an awareness play because you're going to get two different end results with that
0: yeah okay and the reason i ask is because i I, i've talked to some some like reps in the space and and the the one guy i spoke to he was like yeah you know when people work with bigger creators it's it's usually like a brand awareness play it's like essentially like buying a billboard where yeah. it's like they just kind of want to be ubiquitous. They want to be everywhere, so they know if Adidas is pay- like if if Adidas isn't going to pay you, then Nike's going to pay. You know, like they they want the right. trust that you've built with your audience. And it's not like for the bigger creators, it's not usually usually it's like the smaller brands that need the conversions because they don't have as much of a marketing budget to just throw money around. Um, but sure. I, I made a video about it the other day, where it's actually k- kind of insane for it like especially for one-off videos, for a brand to expect a creator to convert on one one-off video where so much is out of their control Ugh. on the success of that. And if you think about TV commercials, right? I- I'll watch a TV show and you'll see the same commercial from the same brand five times in one show. Or you'll see like a print ad in like 25 different magazines. But, but yes. a creator is supposed to convert their audience from one, vi- one video? Like that's insane. So
1: I know, I know. I I even think about it myself with things that I'm interested in. Like there's this, I keep getting this ad for this type of like at home manicure and I'm like, Ooh, yeah, like I've been, I've been thinking that I've been wanting to buy this for months and I see it. I even put it in my cart. Like it's, I think it's in my tabs below my computer and I just haven't bought it yet. And this is something I'm very, very interested in buying. So to your point, it's like, yeah, to expect these sales and conversions just from one single post, especially in a day and age where I think the, honeymoon phase of influencers and just in general is a bit over and people are wary of like oh yeah just because this person says that they like it and use it like are they really liking it and using it that type of thing plays totally,
0: Totally and it takes like you know the the example you just gave uh, it's similar for me where I'll see someone talk about something I'm like oh that's cool and I'll just like write it in like a notion doc of like things that like my business might want and then like three months later I get that but there's no attribution to that the creator that initially said it like it's like so hard to track like that like (laughs) journey of 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 like when someone actually you know whips out their their credit card and purchases so i was just curious about like you know at, at your level like what brands are expecting and it seems like it's more on the um especially in like i think the lifestyle world a lot of them totally get the get the game um that are are, you know or looking to to work with a creator of your size and then so here's a here's a pricing mindset thing so if you're not i'm curious about the consulting side of it or the the educational side with the with the bigger brands because i've been getting some of these opportunities um with with brands saying like hey can you come do that for our company and i'm like i i I don't even know where to begin to price this so like how like you like without sharing specifics like how do you like figure out like a number? Like, I'm just like, um,
1: I know it's so hard. It's so hard. I will say that one, it's so nice to have friends who are in Get the example. industry just to yeah. like bounce, even if they don't know the answers. Like, I have a, a group chat of gals that I know from it's kind of like slash clubhouse slash TikTok slash instagram there's four of us and so we'll always talk pricing and it's just nice to because because if you're trying to figure it out by yourself it just feels impossible and most of the time we're going to undersell ourselves so i mean i don't necessarily have a formula but i think a few things to think about come to the table so if you're doing an hour long let's say workshop or presentation you or anyone else might be thinking, okay, that's one hour. What am I charging for that hour? Well, I'm also thinking, okay, well, there's my experience. Like there's that, I I think I saw TikTok the other day where someone was like telling a story where, you know, a pipe was not fixed at or something was wrong with the pipe in the store and some, you know, guy comes in, an expert to come fix the pipe and all he does is just turn one knob and he's like, $500. I'm like, what? That took two seconds, $500. It's like, well, you're not paying just for that moment in time, you're paying for all the experience that led up to him coming in and knowing exactly exactly what thing to turn to fix the pipe. So yeah, I always think about that. It's like your time and experience up until that point also the other factors are it's not just the hour what else is going into it are there rehearsals on your own or with the brand are there tech checks um how much time are you spending creating this content is it a totally custom presentation is it bits and pieces that you're taking from other things also is it being recorded are they using it past that day and time like how many people are on the call i think a two-person call is very different from a 500 person call so these are just all the different elements and i think we should ask for more than what we feel is perhaps the comfortable number because the worst case is they, yep. they negotiate you down but better to kind of start a little bit higher and negotiate down that's versus price point. yourself that's too a great low. point
0: i i appreciate that yeah i th- I think that like you have to think about that you know if if you're on a call with estee lauder and or or any brand and there's Three hundred people that are going to take this and turn it into value that is then going to you know get them sales in three hundred different ways on all of their different accounts. You know you you got to right. got to consider that stuff. And uh, so so and when you were actually preparing yeah. that uh, workshop, uh, what was your process going into that? Because that was you talked about like all of the time going into you know making the thing. I feel like I think I saw on your Instagram stories or TikTok. I forget where it was, but you were showing the behind the scenes of that, and it looked like. Uh, it was a bit of a process. So, how? What is your process for like distilling everything it that's in your such... brain into a presentation that then hundreds of creators can 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 g- gain value from?
1: It's re- it's really intense. It's I'm just the most overprepared perfectionist person you'll ever meet. Even though I try not to be that way, but that's just who I am. Um, but with that, I mean, to me, that's the out of all the things I do um, is the most intense preparation. So I don't think every single time I or one does a workshop or a class, it's, it's this intensity. But with this, I created kind of a loose outline for each session. I did then every, so there was five sessions total, 90 minute each over the course of about five sessions, 90 minutes. And so I did five sessions. So you created 90 a
0: 90 minute each. lesson. Yeah. <sighs> Five times
1: every oh time. Oh my
0: goodness. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's, I know. I so know. That, that's why so it's so easy for you to <laughs> make a 10 second TikTok. <laughs>
1: Exactly, exactly. It's like yeah. you can do the long form, you can do the short form. Um, but we do outlines, general outlines, and then before each session, I would do a more in depth outline. And it was interesting because at first I was like, oh my God, what, how, like, I kind of thought to myself, how am I going to do five 90 minute sessions? Like, I'm going to say everything. Like, I'll, how, how am I yeah. going to, I'm going to run out of things to say. But what's incredible is I got to the end of the 90, uh, the five sessions. And I was like, oh, I could totally do a few more. more it's like, there's just always up. more more to yeah. say and more to talk about. More questions, more things to analyze, more concepts to teach. And so before each session, I would kind of go back to the previous session and be like, oh, I didn't get to this, I didn't get to this, and kind of morph it into the next. But I would build out all my slides. I am such a slides type of a gal. Hundreds of slides for each session. How
0: about how about writing the content? Do you write the content in, in – I like getting a little technical here, but like Google Docs or like you're a Notion, a Notion fan?
1: So... For the essay presentations, I didn't write out my content. However, for my course, The Saloon, because I pre-record everything that's in the modules, the online training portal, um, and I use a teleprompter, and that's really just to be, I I don't want to ramble, like each module's already quite long, so I want to present everything as succinctly as possible. So for that, I use Google Docs, and every module's like 20 to 40 pages of script that I then use a teleprompter to record, and then I edit in Final Cut Pro and and upload, that kind of thing. day i really just had more of my outline and then i kind of went straight to the slides and i find that because i'm a visual person like that sort of slide flow is is for that type of presentation just just works for me but once those slides are built out um it got more time intensive with it's really hard to have a concept and then find an example for it so i i for months now anytime i come across anything I, before favorites were available in terms of uh, folders on TikTok, I would just text myself like, ooh, this is a really good example of a pattern interrupt, or this is a really good example of a one single shot video where there are no, just no other cuts or edits, um, or this is a great example of a hook, that kind of thing. So I have all this like long text chain with myself where I'm sending myself these things. But now that I have... Favorites on um, favorite collections or whatever they're called on TikTok. Anytime I come across something, I'm like, ooh, this is a good this or this, and I put it in folders. So, but I don't necessarily have examples for every single thing I'm trying to teach. So, to then sit on your phone and try and find a needle in a haystack on TikTok of a specific concept you're trying to show off in the presentation, so that was quite time intensive as well. Um, we had, I, I would rehearse each thing on my own. I then would have a full rehearsal with Este, and then oh the actual goodness. um so, uh, itself.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. So like it, it's like everything. Like there's way like that's the when you do the actual presentation that's the tip of the iceberg. But like the amount that goes yes, into distilling that's the, easy the part. information. Yeah, that's that's the actual fun part too for someone that is like um you, you I could yes. tell you know you're uh outgoing and you're a people person so like that's probably like where you get the most energy is like you know, real time, actually yeah. delivering, delivering the insight. The one thing that popped up is, uh, yeah. and is you talked about your folders. I think this is an idea for you in the future. Cause I would subscribe to a text community of yours where you had like those, you had like Ooh. those three buckets or like five buckets of like pattern interrupt example, something example. And like each week you just send like five examples of like these things that you're seeing and it'd be like, I would subscribe I like that. to that. Because right now I'm just like, ooh, like all, all of okay. a sudden I'm like, man, I wish I had access to her favorites just to know like more about like, you know, how she's looking at this stuff.
1: Interesting. That's funny you bring that up because I'm I'm thinking, because the only thing the only I put that in quotes because it takes oh, so much time. The <laughs> salute is really the only way to to work with me or I don't have a lower ticket item. Yeah. So once I kind of get through the super chaotic phase, I'm thinking like, ooh, what's a lower ticket item? Of course I have a couple of ideas, but I like I like and that then you could, so I'll put that in and my And I pocket. know that
0: you're l- working on delegating. Like that's something you could easily yes! de- delegate <laughs> where it's like you work with someone to like help you find all of them and then kind of just automate the text group. But it's still your way of thinking. Like it's like your right. – like how you think right. about these things. I do want to talk – but one thing. Talk to me about – and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. But Pattern Interrupt. Give me the quick one-liner about how to think about Pattern Interrupt. And, when, and we're looping all the way back to the short form videos. But, yeah, tell, I love tell it. Me about I love this.
1: it. I would say that a pattern interrupt is a tool to keep someone's attention. Okay. And the the easiest way to think of a pattern interrupt is changing something up visually. So that could be, I'm really close to the camera saying one sentence, and then maybe mm-hmm. I back up so you can see me from the waist up. That would be a really super pattern interrupt, or maybe I'm... Uh, Standing still and talking, and in the next shot, I'm walking and talking, or I have a blue background, and then I'm outside, and you see the sky, and it's a cloudy background I don't know anything that can visually change it I think it could potentially work with vocals as well but I think the easiest way to think about it is the visual changing um, and it's just a dynamic way to keep people's attention but going back to what we were talking about there's lots of people who do not do any kind of pattern interrupting and are wildly successful so it's just one potential tool but it's not the only way to create your videos however I think that more often than than not a video that has pattern interrupts will probably do better than one that doesn't because people are such visual creatures especially with video and that has a tendency to hold people's attentions more beautiful
0: now if you want more tips on how to thrive on social and 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 and, and to, to continue this conversation and learn more about uh, everything that Jared is educating online. Go check her out. Uh, what is your Instagram and TikTok?
1: Same username. It's Jarrah Bean, but there's a period, so it's Jarrah dot
0: And then where do we where do we want to go if they want to check out more information on the, the social media saloon?
1: Yeah, just go to JarrahBean.com or JarrahBean.com slash saloon, and that will take you to the exact page you're looking for.
0: Beautiful. Jared. thank you so much for being on the show. We went over time Thanks. and and I'll, i'm all for Thanks. it like you I know i was it. excited to continue to talk about those <laughs> subjects, but, so thank you for coming on the podcast